Welcome to the vocabulary lesson for the role of media 2. Let's get started. At the beginning of this article, we see the word propaganda. Propaganda basically means government lies. Government lies. Usually organized lies, right? They plan the lies. So organized lies from the government, we call that propaganda. Sometimes we might talk about propaganda from a company. And we see the word slogan. A slogan is a phrase that we repeat again and again and again. Uh, usually we use this in advertising, an advertising slogan. In the article, it talks about Woodrow Wilson's slogan, Peace Without Victory. So during the election, he would say, Peace Without Victory, Peace Without Victory, Peace Without Victory. That was his slogan. All right. And then we see the word pacifistic in this, pacifistic. Pacifistic means peaceful. It also means anti-war, against war, against killing, against violence, and against war. So pacifistic, in this case, the American population was pacifistic. It means they were against war. They didn't want to fight in a war. Okay, we see the phrase committed to committed to war, committed to doing something. If you're committed to do something, it means you are planning to do it. You really want to do it. You may be promised to do it. So committed to war means really you have decided you will go to war. Okay, we see the word commission here. The government created a commission. A commission is a group, an official group, kind of like a department or a committee, very similar to committee. So commission, commission, a commission is a, like a government group or an official group. All right, we see the word hysterical in the, in the second paragraph. Hysterical means very emotional, very, very upset and very, very emotional. So hysterical, hysterical. Hysterical means very emotional. And then the next word is warmongering. Warmongering. It's two words together, war and mongering. Warmongering means war-loving. It means you love war. You want to have war. So the American government made the population warmongering. It turned them into a warmongering population, a war-loving population. They wanted to fight. They wanted to kill people. Warmongering. And then in the end of that paragraph, we see tear the Germans limb from limb. A limb, a limb is an arm or a leg. So arms are limbs and legs are limbs. So tear, of course, means take off. So this is a common idiom, kind of a slang phrase. Tear somebody limb from limb. I want to tear them limb from limb. It means you want to attack them and hurt them very badly. Or attack them and kill them. So the Americans wanted to tear the Germans limb from limb. It means they wanted to attack and kill the Germans. Okay, we see the word achievement here. An achievement, an achievement is a success, an accomplishment or a success. An achievement, something that you do well, something you succeeded at. All right, and then we see the phrase to whip up, 
to whip up, the government whipped up, hysterical communist scare, a hysterical communist scare. To whip up, to whip up means to create, right, to make or create, or it means to increase, to increase a lot, uh, usually with emotions. But if you use it for create, to whip up, to create something, you can use it in cooking sometimes. I whipped up some food means I made some food very quickly. Uh, but if you whip up emotion, it means you increase somebody's emotion, usually somebody else's emotion. Okay, and again, we see hysterical, which means hysterical, very, very emotional and upset, hysterical. And we see the word red. Red, of course, you know the color red, but sometimes red means communist. And here it means communist. Okay, and we see the, the little two-word phrase, pretty much. It succeeded pretty much in destroying unions. Pretty much means mostly, mostly, pretty much. I'm pretty much full after eating, right? It means I'm pretty much full means I'm mostly full. Pretty much, pretty much. Okay, and then we see unions. Here the word union or unions means a workers group, right? A group that fights for workers, tries to help workers. A union or unions, unions, a union or unions. All right, we see the business establishment. There's a phrase, the business establishment. Establishment, the establishment. The establishment means the most powerful group. The most powerful group, maybe the oldest and most powerful group. It has an idea of kind of old and powerful. So the business establishment, the business establishment means the most powerful and old businesses or business people. Actually, it really means business people. All right. We see the word progressive here as an adjective, progressive intellectuals. Progressive, when used in politics, progressive means a liberal, kind of liberal, kind of left liberal. So progressive intellectuals means liberal intellectuals. And we see uh, a circle that took great pride, or this circle took great pride. A circle can mean a group of people. You know the normal meaning, of course. Circles are round, right, shape. But a circle can also mean a group of people. And that's what it means here. It means a group of people, a circle, a circle of people, a group of people. And to take great pride, to take great pride, or in the past tense here, took great pride. Took great pride means felt proud, felt very proud, felt very proud, or to feel very proud, took great pride, or take great pride, same. All right. To drive somebody to do something, to drive. To drive means to push somebody or force them to do something. So the government drove, past tense, drove Americans into war. It means the government pushed the American people to war. They kind of forced them to fight, or they pushed them and encouraged them uh, very strongly to fight, to drive. To drive somebody to do something means you make them do it, or you force them to do it, or you push them to do it. Okay, we see the word reluctant. Reluctant means hesitant, reluctant. Reluctant means you don't really want to do something. It's an adjective. So a reluctant population means the people really don't want to do something. They really don't want to do it. 
reluctant. That's reluct reluctant. Reluctant means you feel you really don't want to do something. All right. And to elicit or eliciting means to bring out or cause. Right? If I elicit anger from you, it means I bring out anger from you, right? I cause anger to come out of you. It, it means I make you angry. So if I elicit anger, it's kind of like I pull anger out of you. That's to elicit, to elicit. And we see the word fanaticism here. Fanaticism means total belief, a very, very, very strong belief in something, a crazy belief in something, fanaticism, fanaticism. We talk about religious fanaticism. If you have religious fanaticism, it means you love your religion so much, you think every other religion is bad, you think your religion is totally good, 100%. So we can talk about Christian fanaticism. It means you think Christianity is the only true religion and all other religions are terrible. Or you could have political fanaticism. It means you think your country is the best and all other countries are terrible. It's fanaticism, fanaticism. All right, uh, we see the word uh, fabrication here. It says there was a lot of fabrication. Fabrication basically means lying, lying. Fabrication is lying, the action of lying. Fabrication, fabrication. Fabrication means making something that is false, making something that is not true. Fabrication, fabrication. And then we see the word atrocities. Atrocities, atrocities. Atrocities means terrible, terrible actions, very, very violent actions. For example, torture and murder and killing people, everybody. Those are atrocities, atrocities. Very, very violent, terrible actions. Atrocities, atrocities. All right, and then we're going to move on to the second page now. And we see the, uh, um, the word disseminate here, to disseminate propaganda. To disseminate something means to spread it, to spread it. It means to give it to many, many people or to communicate it to many, many people. Um, you can disseminate a disease, for example. You have a cold and you sneeze and you give the cold to many, many other people. You are disseminating the virus, right? You're disseminating the disease. If you talk about communication, disseminating propaganda, it means you're spreading the pop propaganda. You are telling the lies to many, 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 many people. Dis to disseminate, disseminate is a verb, disseminate. We see the, word, uh, the verb concoct. Here in the article it says concocting. They were concocting lies. To concoct or concocting means creating, making or creating. Concocting means creating or making. Sometimes has an idea of making something that's false, but not always. So concocting. Concocting means creating. And then convert. To convert means to change. To change. To convert. We've had that word before. To convert means to change. Usually to change from one thing into something else. Maybe from one idea into another idea. One belief into another belief. One religion into another religion. That's convert. Convert convert. And finally, in the last paragraph, we have the word state, state propaganda. In this case, the word state means government. So government propaganda, state, state propaganda, 
state propaganda, government propaganda. And finally, we have the word deviation. 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 Deviation means a uh, variation. It means uh, small changes from the norm, what is normal. So deviation means you change, you go away from the normal thing. You get away from some standard or some rule. That's deviation. Deviation means variation from what is normal or variation from what is accepted or variation from what is most common. That's deviation. Deviation usually has a little bit of a negative idea, but here it does not have a negative idea. It's deviation. That's deviation. All right, that is all of the vocabulary for this article. Move on to the mini story. Hello, welcome to the mini story for the role of media 2. Well, let's get started with the mini story. Georgie is a warmongerer. He wants to kill, kill, kill. He especially wants to kill Hugo. He wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. But Hugo is basically a pacifistic person. He doesn't want a war. He only jokes about Georgie and laughs at him. When Hugo jokes, however, Georgie becomes hysterical. He yells and screams to his friends. He yells, join me. Let's kill Hugo and his friends. Let's kill them all and kill their families and commit terrible atrocities. But Georgie's friends are reluctant. They say, Hugo is just joking. We don't need to kill him. This makes Georgie even more angry. To whip up his friend's anger, he concocts terrible lies about Hugo. He says that Hugo loves to kill puppies and babies. He disseminates these lies on TV and on the internet. Finally, he succeeds. He drives his circle of friends to war. They attack Hugo, but Hugo is ready. He has learned Kung Fu from Jet Li. He kicks Georgie's ass and breaks his nose. Finally, he elicits an apology from Georgie. Georgie says, I'm sorry, Hugo. I'm just a stupid fanatic. Hugo says, It's okay, little Georgie. Now go home. All right. Well, lots of new little words in that story. Let's go back to the beginning, this time with questions. Georgie is a warmongerer. Does Georgie hate war? No, the opposite. Georgie loves war. Georgie loves to kill. He's a warmongerer. Are Georgie's friends warmongerers? No, they're not warmongerers. They really don't want to go to war. But Georgie is a warmonger. He loves war. He loves killing. He wants to go to war. Georgie is a warmongerer. Who is a warmongerer? Well, Georgie is a warmongerer, right? Yeah, Georgie is a warmonger. He loves war. Why is Georgie a warmongerer? Well, he's a warmonger because he likes to kill and kill and kill. 
That's why he's a warmonger. Who does he want to kill? Well, he wants to kill Hugo. In fact, he wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. Does he want to attack and hurt Hugo? Yes, exactly. He wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. Does he want to really, really hurt Hugo? Yes, that's right. He wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. Does he want to tear his friends limb from limb? No, no, he doesn't want to hurt his friends. He doesn't want to hurt his friends at all. He doesn't want to tear his friends limb from limb. Who does he want to tear limb from limb? Well, he wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. Does he want to tear Hugo limb from limb? Or does he want to tear his friends limb from limb? Well, of course, he wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. What about Hugo? Does Hugo want to tear Georgie limb from limb? No, no, Hugo doesn't want to hurt Georgie. Hugo is basically pacifistic. Is Hugo peaceful? Yes, exactly. Hugo is very peaceful. He's pacifistic. Does Hugo like war? No, he does not. He's anti-war. He's pacifistic. Is Georgie pacifistic? No, Georgie is not pacifistic. Georgie is a warmonger. Who is pacifistic? Well, Hugo is pacifistic. Why is Hugo pacifistic? Well, he's pacifistic because he doesn't want a war. He doesn't like killing people. He only jokes about Georgie and laughs at him. But when Hugo jokes, Georgie becomes hysterical. Does Georgie become very upset and emotional? Yes, that's exactly right. Georgie becomes hysterical. He becomes very emotional, very upset. Does Hugo become hysterical? No, Hugo's not hysterical. He's calm. He's just joking and laughing. He's not hysterical. Is Hugo hysterical or is Georgie hysterical? Well, Georgie is hysterical. He gets really upset and really emotional and really angry and yelling and screaming. So Georgie's very hysterical. Who becomes hysterical? Well, Georgie becomes hysterical. Georgie becomes very, very upset. When he becomes hysterical, what does Georgie do? Well, when he becomes upset, when he becomes hysterical, he yells and he screams to his friends. He yells at them and says, Join me! Let's go kill Hugo and his friends. And let's kill all of them and all of their families. And let's commit, let's do terrible atrocities. Does he want to do terrible, horrible, violent things? Yes, that's exactly right. He wants to cause, he wants to do atrocities. He wants to commit atrocities. Does he want to do very nice things? No, he wants to commit atrocities. He wants to kill and murder and torture Hugo and his friends. 
Georgie wants to commit atrocities. Do Georgie's friends want to commit atrocities? No, not really. They don't want to commit atrocities. They don't want to do terrible, horrible, violent things. They don't want to commit atrocities. But Georgie does. He wants to commit atrocities. He wants to do terrible, horrible things. Who does Georgie want to commit atrocities against? Well, he wants to commit atrocities against Hugo and his family and Hugo's friends. But Georgie's friends are reluctant. Are his friends excited to attack Hugo? No, the opposite. They're not excited. They are very reluctant. They're hesitant. They don't really want to attack Hugo. Are Georgie's friends reluctant to make money? No, no, no. They don't mind. They're happy to make money. But they're reluctant to attack Hugo. Is Georgie reluctant to attack Hugo? No, Georgie's not reluctant. Georgie really wants to attack Hugo, right? He's enthusiastic. He's excited to attack Hugo. He's not reluctant. Who is reluctant to attack Hugo? Well, Georgie's friends are reluctant. They really don't want to do it. Georgie's friends are reluctant. What do they say to him? Well, they say, we're reluctant. Hugo's just joking. We don't need to kill him. Because they're reluctant, how does Georgie feel? Well, Georgie's very angry, right? So what does he do? He tries to whip up his friend's anger. Does he want to make his friends angry? Yes, he does. He wants to whip up their anger. He wants to create their anger. He wants to increase their anger. He tries to whip up their anger. Whose anger does he try to whip up? Well, he tries to whip up his friend's anger. Why does he try to whip up his friend's anger? Well, he tries to whip up his friend's anger because he wants them to attack Hugo. How does he whip up their anger? Well, he increases their anger by concocting terrible lies. He concocts terrible lies. Does he create terrible lies? Yes, he does. Exactly. He concocts terrible lies. Does he make terrible lies? Yes, that's exactly right. He makes terrible lies. He concocts terrible lies. Does he concoct true stories? No, he does not concoct true stories. He concocts lies. Does he concoct lies about his father? No, no, he doesn't concoct lies about his father. Who does he concoct lies about? Well, he concocts lies about Hugo. He creates lies about Hugo. He says Hugo likes to kill puppies and babies. He disseminates these lies on TV on the end on the internet. How does he spread these lies? How does he communicate these lies? Well, he disseminates them on TV and the internet. Does he disseminate true stories? on TV. No, he disseminates lies on TV. 
Who disseminates lies on TV? Well, Georgie disseminates lies on TV. Why does he disseminate lies on TV? Because he wants his friends to become angry and attack Hugo. After he disseminates lies, what happens? Well, he succeeds. He drives his circle of friends to war. Does he push them into war? Yes, he does. He pushes them into war. Does he really push them hard and encourage them and force them to fight? Yes, he pushes them and persuades them strongly to fight. He drives them to war. Who does he drive to war? Well, he drives his friends to war. Who drives his friends to war? Well, Georgie drives his friends to war. He drives his circle of friends to war. Does he drive his group of friends to war? Yes, that's right. He drives his circle of friends to war. Does he drive Hugo's circle of friends to war? No, no, he doesn't make Hugo's friends go to war. He doesn't drive Hugo's circle, his group of friends, to war. He drives his own circle of friends to war. And they attack Hugo. But Hugo is ready. He has learned Kung Fu from Jet Li. He kicks Georgie's ass and breaks his nose. Finally, he elicits an apology from Georgie. Does he get an apology from Georgie? Yes, that's right. He gets an apology from Georgie. He elicits an apology from Georgie. He brings it out of Georgie. He gets it from Georgie. Does he elicit anger from Georgie? No, no, not anger. He elicits an apology from Georgie. Who does Hugo elicit an apology from? He elicits an apology from Georgie. Who elicits an apology from Georgie? Well, Hugo. Hugo elicits an apology from Georgie. What does Hugo elicit from Georgie? Well, he elicits an apology from Georgie. So he elicits, he gets an apology from Georgie. And Georgie says, I'm sorry, Hugo. I'm just a stupid fanatic. Does he think he's a stupid, true believer? Yes, that's right. He says, I'm a stupid, true believer. I believe too strongly in myself and war. He says, I'm a stupid fanatic, a stupid, crazy believer. Who is a stupid fanatic? Well, Georgie is a stupid fanatic. Is Hugo a stupid fanatic? No, no, Hugo's not a stupid fanatic. Hugo's quite smart, actually. But Georgie is a stupid fanatic, a stupid, crazy believer. What does Hugo say, finally? Well, Hugo says, It's okay, little Georgie. Now, go home. Okay, finally, one more time. This time, I'll pause after the key words and phrases. Here we go. Georgie is a warmongerer. He wants to kill, kill, kill. He especially wants to kill Hugo. He wants to tear Hugo limb from limb. 
But Hugo is basically pacifistic. He doesn't want a war. He only jokes about Georgie and laughs at him. When Hugo jokes, however, Georgie becomes hysterical. Good, Georgie becomes hysterical. He yells and screams to his friends. He yells, join me and let's kill Hugo and his friends. Let's kill them all and kill their families. Let's commit atrocities. Let's commit atrocities. But Georgie's friends are reluctant. They say, Hugo is just joking. We don't need to kill him. This makes Georgie make more angry. He tries to whip up his friend's anger. Good. He concocts lies about Hugo. He says that Hugo loves to kill puppies and babies. Georgie disseminates these lies on TV. Georgie disseminates these lies on TV and on the internet. Finally, he succeeds. He drives his circle of friends to war. Good. They attack Hugo, but Hugo is ready. He has learned Kung Fu from Jet Li. He kicks Georgie's ass and breaks his nose. Finally, he elicits an apology from Georgie. Georgie says, I'm sorry, Hugo. I'm just a stupid fanatic. Hugo says, it's okay, little Georgie. Now go home. Okay, that's all. Pause now and try to tell all of the story yourself. Welcome to the Point of View mini-stories for Role of Media 2. Okay, same story, same mini-story from the mini-story lessons, but three different versions now. The first one will be about the past, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, there was a man named Georgie. Georgie was a warmongerer. He wanted to kill, kill, kill. He especially wanted to kill Hugo. He wanted to tear Hugo limb from limb. But Hugo was basically pacifistic. He didn't want a war. He only joked about Georgie and laughed at him. When Hugo joked, however, Georgie became hysterical. He yelled and screamed to his friends. He yelled, join me and let's kill Hugo and his friends. Let's kill them all and let's kill their families and let's commit terrible atrocities. But Georgie's friends were reluctant. They said, Hugo is just joking. We don't need to kill him. This made Georgie more angry. He tried to whip up his friend's anger. So he concocted terrible lies about Hugo. He said that Hugo loved to kill puppies and babies. He disseminated these lies on TV and on the internet. Finally, he succeeded. He drove his circle of friends to war. They attacked Hugo, but Hugo was ready. He had learned Kung Fu from Jet Li. He kicked Georgie's ass and broke his nose. Finally, he elicited an apology from Georgie. Georgie said, I'm sorry, Hugo. I'm just a stupid fanatic. Hugo said, It's okay, little Georgie. Now, go home. 
All right, great. With this next one, we're going to start with since seven years ago or for seven years. Okay, here we go. For seven years, Georgie has been a warmongerer. He has wanted to kill and kill and kill. He has especially wanted to kill Hugo. He has wanted to tear Hugo limb from limb. But Hugo has basically been pacifistic. He hasn't wanted a war. He has only joked about Georgie and laughed at him. However, when Hugo has joked, Georgie has always become hysterical. He has always yelled at his friends and screamed at them and said, Join me and let's kill Hugo and his friends. Let's kill them all and kill their families. Let's commit terrible atrocities. But Georgie's friends have always been reluctant. They have always said, Hugo is just joking. We don't need to kill him. This has always made Georgie more angry. Finally, he decided to whip up his friend's anger. So he concocted terrible lies about Hugo. He said that Hugo loved to kill puppies and babies. He disseminated these lies on TV and on the internet. Finally, he succeeded. He drove his circle of friends to war. They attacked Hugo, but Hugo was ready. He had learned Kung Fu from Jet Li. He kicked Georgie's ass and then broke his nose. Finally, he elicited an apology from Georgie. Georgie said, I'm sorry, Hugo. I'm just a stupid fanatic. And Hugo said, Well, it's okay, little Georgie. Now, please go home. Okay, you'll notice that uh, for more than half of this version, I used have, had, has, been, right? Because these are repeated actions uh, starting seven years ago, continuing until now. But finally, I changed to the past tense because it was a specific action, right? Just a one-time action. Georgie decided to whip up his friend's anger. He concocted terrible lies. They went to war. Now I'm using the past tense because these are all uh, single actions that were in the past and are finished. All right. Let's go back again to the top, this time into the future. Next year, there's a guy named Georgie. Georgie is a warmonger. In the future, he will want to kill and kill and kill. And in the future, he especially will want to kill Hugo. He's going to want to tear Hugo limb from limb. But Hugo will basically be pacifistic. He won't want a war. He'll only joke about Georgie and laugh at him. When Hugo jokes, however, Georgie will become hysterical. He'll yell and scream to his friends. He'll yell, join me and let's kill Hugo and his friends. Let's kill them all and kill their families. Let's commit terrible atrocities. But Georgie's friends will be reluctant. They'll say, look, Hugo is just joking. We don't need to kill him. This will make Georgie more angry. So to whip up his friend's anger, he'll concoct terrible lies about Hugo. He'll say that Hugo loves to kill puppies and babies. He'll disseminate these lies on TV and on the internet. Finally, he'll succeed. He'll drive his circle of friends to war. They'll attack Hugo. 
but Hugo is going to be ready. He'll have learned Kung Fu from Jet Li. He'll kick Georgie's ass, and he'll break his nose. And finally, he'll elicit an apology from Georgie. Georgie's going to say, Look, I'm so sorry, Hugo. I'm just a stupid fanatic. Hugo will say, It's okay, little Georgie. Now, go home. As always, in the future, you have to listen for those ol sounds. Ol, ol, hil, hil, Hugo ol, Hugo ol. Sometimes that ol sound is very difficult to hear. For example, Hugo will say, Hugo will say, it's hard to hear that ol sound, right? That which is will in the future. But we still, a native speaker will not usually say Hugo will say. We'll say Hugo will say, Hugo will say. The ol is almost silent. There's really more just a pause there that tells us it's the future. So it's okay. Just listen carefully. See if you can hear those ol, ol, ol sounds after the subjects. Just listen carefully. Now please go back. Listen to each version. After each version, pause. Try to tell that version yourself. Now do not worry about being perfect. You do not need to be perfect. In fact, don't try to be perfect. Just try to tell the story yourself as best as you can. If it's difficult, try pausing after every sentence and then copy that sentence. Do that with each version. Okay, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Role of Media 2 Early History of Propaganda by Noam Chomsky Let's begin with the first modern government propaganda. That was by U.S. President Woodrow Wilson's government. Woodrow Wilson was elected president in 1916 on the slogan, Peace Without Victory. That was right in the middle of World War I. The population was extremely pacifistic and saw no reason to become involved in a European war. Wilson's government was actually committed to war and had to do something about it. They created a government propaganda commission named the Creel Commission, which succeeded within six months in turning a pacifistic population into a hysterical, warmongering population. A population that wanted to destroy everything German, tear the Germans limb from limb, go to war, and save the world. That was a major achievement, and it led to a further achievement. Right at that time, and after the war, the same techniques were used to whip up a hysterical communist Red Scare, which succeeded pretty much in destroying unions and eliminating such dangerous problems as freedom of the press and freedom of political thought. There was very strong support from the media and the business establishment, which, in fact, organized much of this. In general, it was a great success. Among those who participated actively and enthusiastically in Wilson's war were the progressive intellectuals, a circle that took great pride, as you can see from their own writings at the time, in having shown that what they called the more intelligent members of society, themselves, were able to drive a reluctant population into war by terrifying them and eliciting fanaticism. The means used were extensive. For example, 
there was a lot of fabrication of atrocities by the Germans. Belgian babies with their arms torn off. All sorts of awful things that you still read in history books. Much of it was invented by the British Propaganda Ministry, whose goal was to, as they put it, direct the thought of most of the world. But most crucially, they wanted to control the thought of the more intelligent members of the United States, who would disseminate the propaganda that they were concocting and convert the pacifistic country to wartime hysteria. That worked. It worked very well. And it taught a lesson. State propaganda, when supported by the educated classes, and when no deviation is permitted from it, can have a big effect. It was a lesson learned by Hitler and many others, and it has been pursued to this day. Welcome to the commentary for The Role of Media 2. And this section is subtitled, Early History of Propaganda. And I think it's interesting that early propaganda, state-sponsored, government-sponsored propaganda in the modern world begins in the United States. You know, we always think about uh, Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union, you know, with that kind of propaganda, or North Korea. But in fact, America started this kind of modern propaganda, and uh, I think America is still the master of propaganda. You know, the kind of propaganda you see in uh, China, that you see in uh, North Korea, it's kind of very crude. Crude meaning simple. Everybody knows it's propaganda. It's obvious. And because it's so obvious, um, it's less powerful. But we see here in this article how in the United States this early propaganda started, and it was very, very effective. And also interesting that it started with a war, in this case, World War I. So uh, at that time, the American population did not want to fight a war in Europe. They did not believe that Germany was their enemy. And in fact, Germany was not the enemy of the United States. Germany was the rival of England. Uh, but the uh, Woodrow Wilson government wanted to fight in the war. Right? They wanted to join the war. But the problem was the American people did not want to do it. They were basically peaceful. So what did the government do? The government, as well as the uh, business establishment and the media, they're all working together. They created a huge propaganda campaign, lots of lies, and they told all these horrible stories about the Germans in World War I. The Germans were killing Belgian babies and murdering civilians and all these horrible atrocities. And while that was true in World War II, the German Nazi party certainly committed a lot of atrocities in World War II. But in World War I, it was a totally different German government. They were not a Nazi government. They were no worse or better than the English government. Quite similar, I think. Um, so they were not doing these things. These were lies for the most part. They were lies. But the newspapers um, were spreading these government lies, these U U.S. and British government lies. And... Uh, the uh, intellectual population of the United States at that time wanted America to join the war, start becoming more of an empire. So they also spread these lies. And in a short time, six months, the peaceful American people 
were changed into warmongers. They wanted to kill. They wanted to attack the Germans. They thought the Germans were totally evil and they had to be destroyed. Sound familiar? Yes. So, and it worked very, very well. And it worked so well that the government and the media and the business establishment in the United States, they realized, wow, these are powerful techniques. We can use them for other things. And they used them against the unions. At that time, unions were growing more powerful. Workers groups were fighting to uh, help American workers so that American workers would have better pay and American workers would have better working conditions and so that children would not be forced to work and all of these kind of uh, issues the unions were fighting for and they were getting stronger. And of course, the big business people, the big corporations, the big companies didn't like it. And so they realized we can use the same techniques against the unions that we used against the Germans. And so they started spreading lies in newspapers about unions, how unions were communist and unions were anti-American and unions were violent and unions were criminals. And they succeeded again. Once again, they succeeded and unions were not to totally destroyed, but they were weakened very, very much in the United States. Um, and so workers uh, got had less power. Uh, fewer rights and big business got stronger and stronger which continues to this day as well and uh, they also started up the big communist scare that was kind of together with the anti-union scare they put the communist and the unions together and attacked them as terrible horrible enemies all the newspapers joined in because of course the newspapers are owned by large companies the newspapers are owned by very rich people, very cor big corporations, and they have the same interests as the American government. In fact, uh, increasingly they control the American government. I would say right now in, in, in America, they do control the government totally. Um, and so they use these same techniques against the communists, against the unions, any internal a threat, any internal enemies they didn't like in America. Um, they used it against them and it succeeded. They learned a lot from this. Now, of course, as we can see in America today, these techniques are still used very powerfully. In fact, they've gotten more powerful with television. And we saw exactly, it's, it's almost scary to read this article by Chomsky about World War I because it's exactly the same thing that happened with the Iraq war. We saw the same thing. People really didn't want to attack Iraq. There was no reason to attack Iraq. Um, the American people really were reluctant to do that. And so the Bush government started creating lies and they worked with uh, Fox News and CNN and all the major media, the New York Times, all these large corporate media companies joined in and they started spreading lies about Iraq. Iraq was developing nuclear weapons. Iraq was getting uranium to build a nuclear bomb. Iraq had chemical weapons. The Iraq government was murdering people in Iraq. All of this just repeated again and again and again and again, constantly repeated in the media, in the newspapers, on the television. Of course, we know now, well, most of us knew then that they were lies. And of course, now we know for sure they were lies. But 
At the time, it worked very well. In a very short time, in a few months, the American people became fanatics again. They wanted to attack Iraq and destroy the Iraqis. We had to kill Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein was Hitler, the same as Hitler, a terrible, evil monster. And so again, they whipped up that hysteria and uh, America went to war. It worked very well again. And we can see now that the Bush government is starting to try to do this yet again with Iran. Again, we're seeing all these stories about the Iranians are working on nuclear weapons. Of course, there's no proof about this. They just have a nuclear program, but nothing about nuclear weapons. But again, they're trying to scare the American people that Iran will get a nuclear bomb and they're going to bomb America with their nuclear weapons, which... Of course, it's a big lie, but they keep repeating it again and again. You're seeing it on all the cable shows, the news shows, more stories about Iran getting a bomb. Every time Iran's president makes some comment about uh, Jewish people or the Holocaust, it's on the news all the time. Uh, we see stories about how the Iranians are helping to attack people in Iraq, attack Americans in Iraq. So this propaganda, again, it's starting, um, and they're, of course, trying to do the same thing. They're trying to whip up a hysteria in America against Iran. Now, I don't know if it, it may work, it may not work this time, because some people uh, in the top of the government, some uh, intellectuals, some of the powerful business establishment uh, don't want to attack Iran. So you, you might see a little more division in the newspapers and in the TV because the these people with all the power and the money are a little bit divided about what to do about Iran. So that's why it's not quite as powerful yet. But it still might work if, if they want it to. And uh, finally, uh, you might have uh, laughed a little bit when you hear the mini-story. You might recognize the characters Hugo and Georgie. Talking, of course, about Hugo Chavez down in Venezuela. And we have seen this kind of propaganda against Chavez and against Venezuela very strongly in the United States. It's, it's amazing how strong the lies and the propaganda are about Venezuela and especially Chavez. And so uh, in the newspapers... Uh, it's always these terrible things about Chavez. Chavez is a dictator. Chavez is uh, the next uh, Castro. And uh, Bush just keeps repeating the same lies that, you know, he's a dictator, a dictator, a dictator. And of course, you know, he was elected. He's uh, he, Venezuela is a democracy. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't matter. You know, American propaganda works on emotion, not on logic. And that's one of the key powers of American propaganda. Uh, compared to, uh, say, North Korea or other kinds of propaganda. In America, it works on emotion. Logic doesn't matter. The facts don't matter. What they do is they just create, any, they create emotion, especially using fear and, uh, and patriotism, too, of course. So they just create a fear that Chavez is a dictator. Chavez is evil. Chavez is, uh, you know, going to destroy us all, that kind of mentality. And so they just keep telling stories in the New York Times, on TV. It's always they find something negative about him to, sh to paint him, to show him as a terrible dictator. And they never mention the elections. They never mention that he's actually part of a democracy. None of that. And of course, they never talk about anything good that he's doing to help poor people, etc. So we get a very strong propaganda 
that's uh, it kind of starts with the president and the government, but then it's repeated by the corporate media, the, the large companies. So the New York Times, Fox News, CNN, they all repeat this propaganda. And after it's repeated again and again and again and again. So if you ask most Americans, what kind of government does Venezuela have? Oh, it's a dictatorship. It's just like Iraq was, right? It's a horrible dictatorship. That's what it is. And that's what they believe uh, because the propaganda works very well. Uh, it's a little depressing, to be honest, uh, being an American sometimes uh, when you realize how this uh, happens and how in a country that is supposed to be free, I guess that's more of the propaganda, um, that people are controlled so much. Um, but, you know, people are kind of free here. We can choose to do other things. We can disagree with the government. But the problem is that the government and the business establishment and the media are all basically controlled by the same you know, group of very wealthy people. And the way they control people is not by force so much. They don't really arrest people and shoot them. I mean, it, it happens a little bit. But, um, but mostly they control people with thought control, mind control. They do it with the news and the media. That's how they control the American people. If they want to go to war, then they just show lots and lots of stories about how this evil dictator, Noriega in Panama, or uh, the president of Iran, or Saddam Hussein. There's always a new one, every time there's a new one. And we, they just make him into evil, terrible, horrible person. They compare him to Hitler, always compare him to Hitler. And then the American people get really angry and upset, and they go to war. It works every time. Alrighty. Well, that's our depressing commentary. Hopefully, I don't know, I'll try to find something happier next time. But uh, it, it's true, you know, don't believe the propaganda that America is, uh, you know, the, the, the free, peace-loving nation. Because while most Americans do, in fact, support peace, they also are very easily uh, controlled by the media. The, their use of the media and their trust of the media um, is the problem. And that's why we have the American army in Iraq and possibly attacking Iran and interfering in South America and doing terrible things in Central America uh, and doing terrible things in Africa. That's why. Because the American people are controlled by this kind of propaganda and uh, therefore they either support this kind of thing or they don't know about it. Okay, well, hopefully that will change in the future. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to move to another country. But anyway, I <laughs> hope you enjoyed this commentary and this article. Uh, I do think it's an important topic and a very interesting topic to think about. If you have a chance, uh, go to the forums and uh, write a forum entry. Write a forum, a small paragraph or maybe a couple paragraphs about this article. What do you think about this? What do you think about this idea of American propaganda? Do you agree with this article? Do you disagree? Does this happen in your own country? I'm curious, so please write about it. Okay, see you next time. Bye-bye.